And welcome back to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a show where we look at the issues of this world through a biblical perspective. I'm Son Edom, and with me is Dan Delzell. And Dan is a pastor at a church in Papillion, Nebraska. He also writes articles and and he's uh, had some articles that he's put on the uh, Christian Post and other places and has things on the Facebook page of the church. And so we get together on a weekly basis and we talk about some of these issues that go on in the world. And there's the worldly view and there's the uh, biblical perspective. And so we like to take a look at it through the lens of the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. And one of the biggest things that is going on right now, one of the biggest issues, and it seems to... It seems to be a recurring theme anytime there tends to be more of a liberally minded government. I remember it started under the uh, the Obama administration and it kind of disappeared under the Trump administration and now Biden is bringing it back and that is the role of transgenderism in our society. I remember back when Obama was in office and all of a sudden nobody could figure out what bathroom to use. You know, we had transgendered issues and bathrooms and locker rooms and and now the big news headline coming out of Washington as we appoint these people to cabinet positions is should transgendered athletes, basically should male athletes that identify as women, as female, should they be able to compete against women or female athletes? And it's interesting that uh, the conversation is coming up because not only is it an issue of biology, it's an issue of science, it's also an issue of women's rights and and the advancement of women, and it also is interesting because it's never the other way around. You never see, I guess if you want to call them female to male transgendered students wanting to compete, it's always the male to female, and that's because the issue is because genetically and biologically men tend to have attributes that are bigger stronger faster that's just natural and if you disagree with me well then you can disagree with science um and so dan that's one of the things i thought we could talk about is just you know how does this whole thing fit in and why are we so obsessed as a society to have like multiple genders you know we just talked about uh covid for a year with a lot of different people and all we heard was you got to believe science got to believe science wear the mask believe science I don't know about you, but when I was in science class, I heard that there was two genders. There was scientifically an XX chromosome and scientifically an XY chromosome, and that was it. So are we to believe science? And then you think about the Bible. In Genesis, God created man. He created woman. That's it. So if you merge science and Bible, it seems pretty easy that there's only two genders when we answer the question, how many genders are there? Your thoughts? Well, no, Sean, I, I completely agree. And, um, you know, so many of us today are just kind of left scratching our heads wondering, you know, how anyone can believe that a person can can make the choice to, to change uh, their gender. Uh, and yet it, it's being allowed to happen uh, all over the place. You know, as, as you mentioned with, with COVID and, and science, I mean, it's, it's just ironic that those who don't seem to want to allow a variety of opinions on COVID based on, you know, the scientific data and different interpretations of that data. Um, the people that don't want to allow a variety of interpretations on the data for climate change, you know, they're very hardcore on those issues. Um, and, and they claim that they only want science. But then we come to this issue and their argument is completely blown up. Uh, and somehow, you know, those of us who believe that there is male and female and, and that's just the way God made us, uh, which is pretty obvious. It's been obvious, you know, for, um, for many centuries to people. Um, but those of us who believe that are somehow being told in essence that biology is bigotry. And we're like, wait a minute, how is biology bigotry? You know, I thought you believed in science. Um, but, but I think what we see here, son, is, is something similar to what happens when people reject the gospel message uh, of Jesus Christ. There's something deeper than uh, just intellectual reasoning. There is a moral resistance, uh, in the case of the gospel, to Jesus um, and, and, and to God. A man by nature uh, is at enmity with God. He's, he's not... 
you know, his, his heart isn't um, aimed in the direction of God. Um, generally, it's aimed away from God because of his sinful nature. And, and, and so uh, there's this moral depravity that man has that lies deeper than um, intellectual reasoning. And so when we talk about sanctified reason, you know, I think what we're really seeing here, Son, is that um, God enables us to see things from his perspective uh, in a way that goes against the way our human nature would, would, would tend to want to, uh, to look at it. Um, but, but there's no, you know, there's no arguing the, the fact that those who want to, you know, push this transgenderism, they don't have a scientific leg to stand on. Um, they, they, they really don't have any leg to stand on other than this, this, uh, drive that they have. You know, it, it seems like above all, son, they are driven to make sure that everybody gets to do what is right in their own eyes, and especially when it involves uh, sexuality, when it involves, you know, gender now. I mean, who would have thought as the dominoes started to fall? Uh, they're way back in the 60s. I mean, if you could trace it all the way back, of course, to the Garden of Eden. But in our country, we, we've really seen things progress uh, since the sexual revolution of the 60s. So let's just say, um, you know, the last, uh, you know, 55, you know, 60 years, but, but when, when man, you know, threw caution to the wind and, and started to just give in to any and all sexual pleasures, you know, that, that was predominantly heterosexual. Um, when, when man just kind of thumbed his nose in a way to what God says about um, adultery and fornication. Um, and, and then when that happened, um, you know, what, what we saw, I think, son, is that uh, more and more people then were willing to start dabbling with uh, homosexual desire. And, I mean, we, we see this play out in the book of Romans, where when man rejected um, the truth of God for a lie, uh, we, we see that God gave him over uh, to unnatural desires. In other words, God allowed man, uh, he got kind of, in, in essence, it seems, removed those natural restraints that I would say probably, you know, 98, 99% of us have in terms of, um, I would, I would guess based on the statistics that 98 or 99% of us never have any sexual thoughts, um, regarding some of, of, of the same sex because we just weren't made that way. So where do they come from? You know, where do those things come from? Um, well, um, they don't come from God and, and, you know, you, you can try to, um, you know, put, put something on it to make it look like it's going to be okay. And, and the comedians can, um, you know, can make jokes about it in Hollywood. And, and of course that's what they did with homosexuality uh, as they push that into the mainstream. And, and now that is mainstream in America, sadly. Um, uh, you know, I mean, there are far more people uh, who are involved in, in sinful thoughts regarding adultery and fornication. So there's really no reason we should even have to be talking for the most part about homosexual, uh, you know, activity. I mean, Jesus didn't even seem to specifically address it. Um, but there were many um, things in involving uh, man's depraved nature that Jesus didn't specifically address. My, my point is just, um, and this kind of goes, I think, to your question. Hopefully it's a long answer, but um, it goes to your question, I think, Son, you know, why, why do they look at it that way? I think when man is living in darkness and when man does not have sanctified reason, then he allows his natural desires to become God. He allows his sexual desires to become God. And, and, and now, you know, with this whole transgender thing, he allows something as illogical and unscientific, really anti-scientific, you know, um, something as, as just contrary to common sense and to nature as, as what we're seeing. And rather than providing counseling uh, for people who are transgender, there are those who almost want to make it, you know, criminal to do that. And, uh, you know, years ago, you may remember, I mean, uh, you know, the American Psychological Association, you know, referred to homosexual uh, desires as, as a psychological disorder. Um, and, and, you know, uh, anorexia is a psychological disorder. I mean, these are things that, that uh, people can be counseled on. Um, and I know there's a big debate on, you know, well, you know, can someone uh, really convert? Can someone change from being a homosexual to uh, heterosexual? Well, here's the thing. Um, 
can a person um, draw near to the Lord and through, you know, much prayer and, and Bible meditation and counsel, can people get to a point where they no longer struggle with any or hardly any, if any, you know, temptations toward homosexuality? Well, there are many testimonies of people who've done that. Doesn't mean it's easy. Um, doesn't mean that it's just a quick fix. Doesn't mean it's a guarantee that you're going to now never again be tempted in that direction because you still have a sinful nature. But, but you know, things have gone so far off the rails, you know, uh, in, in, in our country and, and really in other places in the world that, you know, man, you know, these certain people, they, they want to make mainstream something that um, is overwhelming. Uh, you know, they want to make it, it's almost like, well, let, let's just legalize, you know, cocaine uh, because so many people do cocaine or heroin. Let's just legalize it. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they've accomplished that, you know, in many places with marijuana. It's so overwhelming. Let's just legalize it, you know? And, and so um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different um, angles to this. But, uh, yeah, I'm really glad you're addressing this topic today, Son, because it is. Um, it's at the forefront and it's not going away. You know, I mean, with this new administration and the way, you know, they're pushing this, this um, nonsense, you know, as one, you know, senator asked uh, one of Biden's uh, appointees here, I think, in, yesterday, you know, who was, you know, asked to explain their positions on this. And, and, and they, you know, they would not um, support, you know, they kept asking, you know, do you want boys to compete in girls sports? And the person wouldn't answer it, you know, and they kept talking about, you know, transgender this, transgender that. And so the senator said, well, what planet are you from? And, and that's how many of us feel today, Sai, when we look at, you know, things like this in America. You know, what planet are these people from that, that they want to make this mainstream? It, 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 and and who, who suffers the most? Children, you know, teenagers, um, vulnerable people, uh, people who maybe have a predisposition toward, you know, something that's um, not just in the way that God would would want it to be. So, yeah, it's a lose-lose proposition all the way across. You know, Dan, one of the things that keeps coming up, the um, recurring theme, I guess you could say, is that it has to do with identity. It's a gender identity. And so people don't identify with their biological birth. I was assigned a, a gender at birth, and I don't, I don't identify with it. You mentioned anorexia. A lot of people take, uh, take concern, you know, great concern with people that have anorexia. Um, right. But why couldn't the person who's anorexic just be identifying as thin? You know, if we say something like that, then everyone's like, no, you, that's, that's dismissing it. You know, you, you take an issue like anorexia, which is a serious issue. And like you said, you know, usually probably needs therapy and all kinds of help from experts and people that are well-versed in, in dealing with the anorexic person. But if an anorexic person just came out and said, I identify as being thin, I'm fine. People wouldn't take that answer as an acceptable answer. They would want to continue to help that person. And yet when it comes to something like this, you know, transgenderism, you're talking about something where a person is identifying with something that isn't, their biology, and then as they start to go down that path, they start to change and alter themselves, and it becomes mm-hmm. really a mind thing because we're not yeah. talking about people. People, it seems like they get confused. It's like I was born a boy, but I identify with a girl, and so I'm identifying with that, and so I'm going to be that, and so they start to take on that persona and change, and then they take on a mindset. And I've known a lot of people, in fact, a couple that went from, you know, went through the process of transitioning and ultimately they ended up taking their life because they couldn't handle wow. the, the, uh, the struggle, the yeah. inner struggle, the mental struggle, you know, the back and forth, I guess. And so they came out and they were like, I'm now the new me. And then they, a couple months later, they just couldn't handle it. And so they took their own lives. And so it's, it's not like it's something that is 100% okay. And normal. It's like, okay, a boy, a girl, whatever you, you, you get, you know, you're, you're born into this world and you travel a normal life. Let's say, let's just call it normal for this conversation. A boy stays a boy and goes on and everything's fine. You know, there may be some issues like we talk about anorexia. Someone might come across that or other issues, but it's, it's very, it's very small as far as the amount of issues right. 
that come up with, you know, an, a boy identifying as a boy and living as a boy yeah. and a girl identifying yeah. as a girl and living as a girl. Um, according to one institute, the Williams Institute, there's nearly about 700,000 people living publicly as transgendered in the U.S. each year. Okay. And as you look into the numbers, you start to see that a lot of issues or the percentage of issues that, that, that are, that these people are dealing with are greater you know, than a normal person might be. And so you start to have to question yourself, is there something really going on here that's unhealthy? And why do we keep pushing it? I mean, there's people that are sitting there, their their child is two and three years old. I think uh, Busy Phillips, you know, has a young daughter and they're already starting to to say, oh, my, my child is identifying as the opposite sex. I don't think a child knows how to identify with anything except being a kid at that age. And yet you're still trying to push it, push it, push it on them to make them change, not realizing that, you know, there's going to be some issues down the road. You know, there's going to be some issues down the road with people, you know, there's there's the isolation. You know, one of the the issues that uh, I was uh, reading about is, you know, people feel isolated because they feel like an outcast when they start to go through their transgender, you know, uh, the transitioning. And so you have, you know, this this outcast, this loneliness, you know, this depression sets in there's a lot of them that deal with depression and a lot of them don't get the depressed feelings addressed because they're ashamed or whatever the case may be and they don't get to talk to people they don't have the ability to have the health care or the mental health you know support and stuff like that and as you really dig into it it's not just a political issue of surface okay yes we should allow it because i'll get more votes if i vote for it it's like people have a real issue and they really need some help and whether or not we deprogram them or change them. That's not the question. The question is these people have some serious issues that they're dealing with and that they need help with. And we can't just dismiss it as a political issue because we are dealing with real life people that God created in his own image. Well, a- amen to that, Son. And, you know, uh, Genesis uh, tells us uh, that the Lord made, you know, male and female, you know, um, and, that, and that God created us in his image. And, 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 and yet we know that because of sin, um, we have fallen ideas at times. And, and, you know, like with anorexia, the reason I refer to that as an example is that, um, for some reason, you know, there's never seemed to be been a rush, uh, for people to try to push people who are anorexic, uh, into having liposuction. Now you, you, you would think that, um, according to, you know, the, the modern way of thinking, that if a person is convinced they're overweight, then what would be wrong with, with, with radical surgery, with, with liposuction? What would be wrong with that? Well, that's not their problem, okay? And, and, and something very similar is going on um, with those who are experiencing these transgender uh, feelings. You know, um, you mentioned, you know, suicide and, and folks you've known. I mean, the Wall Street Journal uh they had uh, cited really what was the largest study of its kind uh, concerning people who had had uh, sex reassignment surgery. In fact, it was a 30-year study in Sweden, uh, and it involved 324 people. And here's what they found, Son. They found that uh, over that 30-year study that folks who had had sex reassignment surgery were 20 times more likely to commit suicide. Now, that is tragic. That is just tragic. And it backs your point. Of, of, of things that are going to come down the line once you make that decision. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a, uh, uh, an individual um, uh, who, who wrote, uh, I came out as a trans guy and transitioned. Uh, I took testosterone. I've had top surgery, chest reduction, and then a hysterectomy in 2015. The hormones and surgery is about aligning my body to what it should have been at birth. Being born with the correct parts would have made things easier. And I guess my question for that individual son would be, um, you know, did she actually have the wrong parts on her body when she was born? Or did her oppressive psychological condition become full-blown only after she began to embrace the wrong ideas that entered her mind? Was it that she had the wrong body parts or did she embrace the wrong ideas? Um, in the case of anorexia, um, you know, it's very sad to see people embracing the wrong ideas 
about their body, about their weight, um, about what needs to happen. It's very comparable in that sense to anorexia. But I think one reason, Son, why we, 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 we don't see society and, and those who want to push you know, transgenderism, why, why we don't really see them doing that with anorexia is anorexia doesn't involve sexuality. Uh, there's something about when you start messing with God's design for sexuality, in this case, gender. Um, and, and so these dominoes began to fall in the 60s. Um, you know, free sex, it was thought was free. Well, it came at a great expense. And not only that, but then we saw this, this really this monster of homosexual desire start to raise its head and, and start to be promoted. And, and, you know, in recent years, you know, Katy Perry singing, I kissed a girl and I liked it. It's one of thousands of examples of how the media, the entertainment industry, um, and, and even many in the uh, education establishment, for some reason, they feel driven to push these ideas upon young people and encourage them to experiment. You know, um, you know, if you encourage people to experiment with drugs, more and more drugs, more and more drugs, many of those folks are going to get hooked, and it's going to be very deadly. When you encourage people to experiment with, with very dangerous um, uh, ideas about sexuality, um, you can get hooked. And, and, and yet the, the bottom line is, son, you know, so many people, so many children, for example, young people who, um, who have had, you know, gender dysphoria, they've had, um, confusion about, uh, about their gender. Um, you know, so many of them, you know, they, they, they grow out of it, you know, a high percentage. In fact, uh, many professionals, you know, say that between, you know, 80 and 95% of, of those who um, experience that, I mean, they eventually grow out of it. And, and yeah, what are we finding today? We're, we're, we're finding these kids having um, uh, hormone suppression therapy, you know, uh, pushed on them. Um, we're, we're, we're finding them move, moved in the direction of a radical surgery to alter their body. Um, they're not allowed to be kids. They're not allowed to maybe um, be counseled even. Uh, about the confusion that they're experiencing and, 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 and then, you know, all the things that just come from that and you mentioned the sports and, and, uh, you know, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable that somebody who wants to claim that they're for science can turn around and, and in essence say that biology is bigotry. Uh, it, it, it boggles the mind son, and it's got nothing to do with sanctified reason, but it's got everything to do with man's, um, just human rationale, but, but when it's been infected by sin, when it's been infected by sin, you know, I, I think if you have a, uh, a person who's watching a, a football game and cheering for one team or, or rather than the other, that, that really wouldn't be a, an attitude affected by sin. But when you've got an individual looking at a little boy or a little girl, um, a young, you know, let's say preteen even, uh, boy or girl. And say, well, if they think they're a different gender, um, they probably are. We need to start giving them hormone-suppressing therapy. I mean, this is so far into the realm of sin. And it's like science fiction, you know. And what's happening, Son, is that, you know, society, you know, is finding that kids are being experimented upon. They're being experimented on uh, in cases by their parents, by others in the establishment, who rather than counseling them, and telling them this is very harmful. Um, they're encouraging it. They're supporting it. They're working to almost outlaw it to tell them the truth about their biology. And, and who would have ever guessed that as the dominoes fell, Son, um, you know, and yet the last thing I'll say right here on this point is that um, this is what you get, though, when you initially make um, you know, sex outside of marriage, you know, adultery and fornication, when you make that mainstream, and then you start to experience desires of homosexuality, uh, when you're given over to, you know, what the Bible calls a shameful lust, I mean, all of it's lust, it's all sin, so, you know, not, I'm not saying that one, one sin is bigger than the other, I'm just using the term that Romans uses for unnatural lust, you know, it's not, God didn't make a man to lust after a man, or a woman to lust after a woman, um, you know, to have a desire, let's say, for a man or a woman, um, of the same sex. That, that isn't the way God made us, but it was introduced into the world um, when man, you know, really rejected God 
And, and, and then once, once that became mainstream, now all of a sudden it's this transgender nonsense. And, and yet, son, I, I would say this. I, I think that just about anybody probably who is blinded by the lies of transgenderism, um, they are probably equally blinded by um, the lies regarding the uh, spiritual and physical dangers of homosexuality. And they may also very well be blinded by the, uh, the lies, the spiritual and physical dangers of fornication and adultery between people of the opposite sex. So, so you know, when you, when you believe lies, um, it, it's prone to other lies than filling your mind. And, and what's worse than just believing a lie? Well, when you try and push it on others, when you try and legislate it on others, you know, they used to talk about the, the moral majority. Uh, well, um, you know, we've got some today who want to be part of the immoral majority. You know, they, they want to legislate, you know, sexual immorality. They want to legislate forcing, um, you know, transgenderism, you know, experiments upon children. They want to force that upon families and upon children. And, it, it, you know, only God can can deliver any of us from um, from such darkness and, and from these lies, uh, because, you know, only the truth of Jesus can expose the lies. Um, and, and in Romans, when you exchange the truth of God for a lie, um, just read Romans one, you know, this is what happens. This is the result. You know, Dan, when we take a look at this world, a lot of people look to Hollywood, they look to the stars, they look to celebrities, they look to people that, you know, are in the mainstream as far as, uh, as a voice to a cause or a voice to um, promote whatever it is that's, you know, the next great thing, you know, the next thing that's going to be popular, the next pop culture thing. And I think one of the things that we miss out on is the idea that very few people, let's say we want to be an actor or an actress, so everyone comes to Hollywood. They flood the streets of Hollywood looking to be that next great actor or actress. And what happens? Very few are successful. You take a look at all the high school athletes across the country. Very few make it to college, and even fewer still make it to the pros. And so I think we see that in this. We look at people like Caitlyn Jenner. We look at someone like a RuPaul. We look at somebody like uh, Jazz Jennings, who had a show called I Am Jazz about being transgendered. And they look at these celebrity-type transgendered people, and they think, oh, see, they got it. They made it. But it's very rare and very special circumstances that allows for these people to be successful. And we don't even know if they are in their own mind yet. They just on the appearance. And one of the things we forget about is all the people that become transgendered that get lost in this world. Um, living out here in L.A., obviously Hollywood's just a stone's throw from where I'm at. And, you know, sex working the, the sex industry, you know, the, the, uh, you know, pornography, um, that's huge out here. It's a huge epicenter for the production of all this stuff. Now, um, one of the things that I think it was, um, a few years ago, I did a research on, might have even been back, uh, uh, while I was in college doing some, some, some sociology work. Um, but anyways, they were looking at, at jobs that people would have as a career. Men, women, and then it got to the group of called, uh, you know, at the time transgendered. And sure, the discrimination and things like that were uh, probably more rampant back then than they are today. But when you take a look at everything, one of the biggest things, the biggest traps that people fell into that were transgendered because of the isolation, because of the loneliness, because of the being outcast, maybe by their family, because of all these negative things on their being transgendered, they would fall into sex working. And so they were more vulnerable to the violence of it, the sexual violence, you know, poverty, drug use, you know, disease. And there was an exponential amount of issues with transgendered people as adults working because that's the type of work that they could find. And that's the only thing that they felt they could do. Um, and so again, when you, when you look at it, you're looking at people who are people and not a political pawn. They're people that, you know, need to have the support and need to have people around them that can really sit there and walk the journey with them. And I don't mean support them in the fact that like, Oh, everything's gonna be okay. Everything's okay. Because yeah, there might, the issue is sin and it comes down to the Bible talking about, you know, the wages of sin and how, you know, Jesus is the only way to heaven and how, if we want to be, um, kind of released from the things of this world, the bondage of this world, you know, the only way we can do that is allow God to come into our lives. But 
the, the struggle that they, that they, that they go through, people don't realize it. They don't, you can't sit on Capitol Hill and just say, Oh, I think, you know, men who identify as women should, um, you know, be athletes and compete with women. There's a whole greater issue that is affecting people on a daily basis that people don't even want to think about. It's like we want to sweep that part under the rug and only look at the political issue of it or, you know, whatever makes us good. You know, I think back to that, uh, that all that jazz show that was on TLC and the, the, the boy was four years old apparently when it was diagnosed or the boy at the time was diagnosed with gender dysphoria. How is someone at four going to know what gender dysphoria even is? Right. And now this right. person, because through the parents or whatever, is now going through this whole, you know, transgender thing and is now, you know, a teen. It's like, what is this kid's life like if the parents would have just left them alone? I mean, well, it's just, it's just cra- you yeah. know, it's just crazy to think that, you know, yeah. that because of the decisions of others are yeah. pushing upon these people and pushing them into they don't understand the, the lifestyle that these people might end up having, right. you know, and it, it might not be a good one. And chances are it's not going to be a good one because there's exactly. all the data behind the fact that people that become transgendered, you know, maybe things are different now, but it's not a good outlook because there's a lot of issues that surround people that become transgendered and there's no support system for that. And, and this and society, and we look at it through the worldly perspective, it's like nobody's there to support them. We just want them as that political pawn. But when you look at through the eyes of the Bible and biblical, what they're doing, yeah, it's, it's wrong. But also there's, you know, God still loves them. God's still there for them. And God is waiting for them with open arms if they would come. But nobody's giving them that side of it. No, no. And, and, you know, this isn't rocket science, is it, son? I mean, um, you know, God instituted the family even before he instituted the church. And, you know, we often talk about the breakdown of the family. Well, you know, just think, for example, Son, if, if every child from a very early age was taught the very simple truth that researchers uh, discovered a few years ago at um, Israel's Wiseman Institute of Science, when they discovered, Son, 6,500, that's 6,500 genetic differences between men and women. Now, just think if something just this simple as that concept, which is science, it's truth, it, it's, you know, it, it's who we are. Just think if, if every parent in America was stressing that to their little boys and little girls, to their preteens, sons and daughters, to their teenagers, even to their children who may go through a phase where a little boy is dressing like a little girl or a little girl is um, kind of, you know, wanting to be kind of a tomboy of sorts, you know, you know, walking them through that phase, you know, um, not, not making a big deal of it all the while continuing the teaching. I mean, we're not even talking yet about just the, 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 the most important message of all the gospel message of salvation through Christ. I mean, that's the only way a soul can be saved. We're just talking now about how can a person grow up in this case, in our case here, you know, in America with a sane, um, framework with um with the truth about you use the word identity son about their own identity and and there are a few things that i can think of that would be better to teach young children and then preteens and teenagers than the fact that as this um institute of science discovered there are 6500 genetic differences between men and women so you you can't change from male into female you can't change from female into male. You can't change your DNA. You can't change your chromosomes. Um, I mean, you know, women are going to have their, you know, monthly, you know, period, uh, you know, when they reach a certain age. Men don't. I mean, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of differences between men and women that you're never going to be able to change because God designed it that way. And and so, but, but I guess my point is on... Um, this would not be a hard fix, but instead what's happening is, is that there are those in society who want to, you know, make a person almost feel guilty for speaking the truth anywhere about gender. You know, it's it just mind boggling. And, and this goes back to that point. It's like, you mean these same people who are convinced that only their scientific data on climate change, only their scientific data on COVID-19 only their scientific data and their interpretation of it on the vaccines. Nobody else should be allowed. Only ours. And and so we just kind of, you know, um, 
try to avoid, you know, any arguments with people who are that close minded and, and, and who, who don't even have the common sense to, to look at the bigger picture. Um, but then when we get into something like this, where now they're trying to force yet one more thing, but this is a much bigger thing, even than, than, um, we're just about as big as it can be. Um, you know, trying to force this on little children, um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and this is what, um, you know, I, I, I addressed in, in some detail, you know, in, a, in an article, Son, it was actually, uh, published in the Christian Post and, um, and, and that I wrote here a number of years ago. Um, and, and, and it really just deals with, um, the whole issue of, you know, will America's, you know, public schools, um, or public grade schools become transgender mills. And, and so I, I, uh, I wrote that article, uh, back in 2018, uh, will America's public grade schools become transgender mills? And, and I really just laid out, you know, a lot of the information that, um, was known at the time. And, and this thing continues to evolve in terms of how hard it's being, uh, being pushed upon, you know, society. Uh, but I know one thing in that article, I, I made the point, um, there a couple of years ago, son, that an expert in Australia, uh, who counsels children, um, you know, was, was, um, commenting on how cool and trendy it is to be transgender in Australia. And, uh, in fact, there's an individual who runs a gender clinic in, in uh, Brisbane who, who says that many youth are trying out being transgender in order to stand out. And, and so, you know, some of them, of course, are end up receiving, uh, puberty blocking chemicals and or sex change hormone treatment, you know, as part of what's, what was a new government funded quote unquote gender service in Australia. So they're, 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 they're believing son in their hearts and minds that they're providing a service, a gender service. Um, but what they're doing is they are, they're, they're bringing death to little minds, young minds. Rather than teaching them about the 6,500 genetic differences between men and women, rather than offering them counseling, uh, while, while, while also stressing that no one should ever feel, you know, needs to feel, you know, condemned or, you know, it's not your fault. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's an article I wrote years ago about, you know, is it a sin to be gay? Well, um, you know, I make the point in there, you know, that, that no one chooses to have gay feelings. Okay. Um, you know, nobody wakes up one day and says, I, I want to have gay feelings, but somehow they, they, you know, seem to develop in maybe, you know, one to 2% of people. Um, nobody, I don't think, would wake up one day and say, I want to have transgender feelings. Um, but if rather than battling these things with, with the truth, um, rather than resisting these things, um, uh, just giving into them, because, you know, persuasive arguments are made. Uh, and the biggest is this emotional argument, they deserve they deserve to be able to have love too, even if having love for them means with some of the same sex. They deserve to be a different gender if, if that's what they believe will, um, will bring them the greatest happiness. And while no one would, I don't think, disagree with the fact that everybody's entitled to make their own decisions, um, everybody you know, has been given that God-given freedom. Um, the minute you start telling people that engaging in sexual immorality, I'm defining that based on the Bible. I mean, the very book that, you know, uh, I mean, you know, Moses and the Ten Commandments have a prominent, you know, position in the, you know, in, the, in our nation's capital and many of the buildings in Washington, D.C. Why? Because the Bible provides, and the Ten Commandments provide the foundational underpinnings of, of, of our laws. I mean, that's, that's the, they're supposed to be anyway, um, but that, that's how it all began. Um, because you have to have some foundation for the laws that you're going to have. But, but when society says, no, you know, um, we are our own law. We, we are smarter than God. Um, because I have these desires to engage in adultery, you know, I'm going to do it. Fornication, I'm going to do it. Homosexuality, I'm going to do it. Um, changing my gender, I'm going to do it. And, and so it's not our job as Christians to ever condemn anyone because we're all guilty. We're all sinners. We're all equally sinners. But if we don't continue to teach people about God's boundary lines that were put in place to protect us, then, then all, all you end up with is societies, um, and, and in that case, it'll be, you know, maybe those in Hollywood who have the most perverted ideas. 
or, or, or um, in other institutions who have the most perverted ideas. And by perverted, I just mean the most ungodly, you know, the most anti-biblical, anti-Christian, um, you know, um, the, the, the things that destroy souls and bodies. Um, and, and, and when, and when kids are getting that message, rather than a simple message at home about the Bible and God's love for them and how God will forgive them and, and they're not condemned, you know, and they, you know, just come to Jesus, trust him, you know, and, and if you have made, you know, if you've committed a sin, you know, talk to the Lord about it. But instead, you know, what so many young ones are being told is that, um, whatever you feel like is best for your body and your gender, you deserve to be able to have that. But that's just part of man's fallen nature, son. Um, and, and so moral, um, you know, moral irresponsibility and really immoral, I guess we just say I- immorality. Immorality runs deeper than, than the intellect. It runs deeper. Um, and, and so if man is just going to live by his base instincts. Unfortunately, um, we inherited something from our, our parents that, that go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Uh, it's called a sinful nature. And if we're just going to live according to our base instincts and not allow the Lord to give us new desires, make us a new creation, you know, fill us with the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus, if we're not going to allow that. Well, then, you know, we're going we're gonna to live at the lowest common denominator of our base in, inst- instincts. And, you know, for one or two percent of people, that'll be, you know, homosexual, you know, uh, a lifestyle, um, for whatever percentage of people that'll be, you know, um, just, you know, caving in on, on the, 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 uh, the gender that God made you, the biology, the DNA, the chromosomes, the, the facts of your nature, because your feelings, just like the anorexic, your feelings are overwhelming you. So, and, and this, it's, so it's an emo- but, but the feelings, the emotions get all tangled up with spiritual dynamics, and then, of course, we know the devil, you know, jumps all over that, too. But um, um, when man lets his feelings determine his sexual ethics, his gender ethics, um, the way he's going to look at other people, um, then he becomes prejudiced. He becomes a racist or he, he becomes someone who um, is judgmental or he beca- becomes someone who gossips about others or he becomes someone who just looks down at anybody who's not like him. Or it, becomes, or it becomes someone who just lives for, for hedonism and sexual morality. Or it becomes someone who rejects God's design for his gender. Oh, I'm not happy with the way God made me. I refuse that. I refuse the 6,500 genetic differences that I have from those of the opposite sex of my birth gender, which is my only gender, my, my true gender. Um, so, yes, it's very sad to see someone like Bruce Jenner be so confused and then society you know so many to be confused well you know we need to applaud that rather than teach children you know pray for him pray for him because he's 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 very confused about the way god made him doesn't mean he's a a bigger sinner than you or i he's just terribly confused like the anorexic terribly confused uh we all could be terribly confused without god we're going to be a hot mess in, in so many ways so this isn't about any judgment here. This is about just what are we going to tell the children? What are we going to teach the children? You know, and we see what they're being taught now. And it, it's just so, so sad um, that little minds are being filled with so many lies. And it, it is, as you alluded to earlier, son, it's going to lead to many, many troubles in their life, sadly, that they never had to experience if, if um, you know, if the lies had been exposed rather than just pushed upon them and, and just sold to them as a bill of goods. You know, Dan, one of the things that is the conversation now in the across the country is reopening schools. And so for LAUSD, which is one of the biggest school districts in the country, they just released some information for when people come back to school. And one of the things that they just released, this just happened to pop up as you were talking, is their trans-affirming policy. And it reads, everyone gets to choose if they are a girl, a boy, both, neither, or something else. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. And I'm not laughing, but it is kind of funny. And no one wow. gets to choose for them. We must listen and respect all people and acknowledge that for one person to be free, everyone must be free. 
I mean, what what is that? I mean, it's like you're a boy, a girl, you're both, you're neither, you're something else. What are you, like an alien from outer space? I mean, it's gotten to the point well, where you said, what is it? I'll tell you what it is. It isn't science. It isn't biology. I'll tell you that. Exactly. And it's like, uh, that's what we got into. Here's LAUSD, one of the uh, biggest school districts in the country. And this is their trans-affirming statement. It It's just completely chaotic on top of things. You know, it's like you can be anything you want. Okay. What does that mean? You know, and then what does that have to do when it comes to, you know, how people address them? And then what about the teachers? You know, the teachers then, how do they know if one day you're a boy, the next day you're a girl, and then one day you happen to call him a boy because that day he's a boy, but then the next day you call him a boy, but he's a girl that day, and then the teacher gets in trouble. I mean, it's just, it just gets crazy and crazy and crazy. And then what is something else, you know? And, yeah. And, and then what yeah. basically, like you said, what it comes down to is just that when you take a look at it through a biblical perspective, sanctified reason, you look at it and that's where the confusion comes. That's where all this craziness comes from. Because if you look at it through a biblical perspective, God created man, Adam, God created woman, Eve, and for them to be together. And that's it. There is no in between. There is no something else. There is no on this, on this day, that on that day. It's not there. And so all no. this issue then is gone away if you look at it through the biblical perspective. And now people disagree with that, but then here's the point. If you are non-Bible believing, fine. You can believe in transgenderism and knock yourself out. If you're a Christian and you believe transgenderism, then how can you call yourself a Bible-believing Christian because you are believing in something that something exists that the Bible specifically addresses? The Bible specifically says God created man, God created woman in his own image, period. And so, if you're a, female, he created them. Yeah. That's right. And if you're a Christian and you think transgenderism is okay and is real, then you have a seriously flawed position in your theology because that is going directly against the Bible. Now, the other thing, too, is as we deal with transgendered people, you know, we have to look at it through two perspectives like we always do. There's the mm -hmm. broader political issue, societal issue, which, right. you know, is what we can speak out and talk about and share and, right. and fight in the courts and fight in the laws to make it, you know, how we think it should go. And then there's the individual, you know, the person, the person that we need to come alongside. Like I said, I've known a couple people, you know, not really close, close, close friends, but, you know, I knew them through work and work relationships that transgendered, transitioned from one sex to the next and ended up taking their life because they just couldn't handle yeah. the rejection, the, the, the mental depression, you know, all the negatives that came with it. And even though they felt and were embraced, they were embraced by people. You know, the, the business, the working world, they embraced them. Uh, they did radio interviews and everyone was talking about them and thought it was the greatest thing. And, and people were propping them up as, you know, mm -hmm. these are examples of why this right. is a good thing. And then out of the blue, everyone's stunned because they take their own lives because internally that battle, yeah. that struggle within, they couldn't handle. They knew something was wrong and they couldn't handle it. And unfortunately, you know, that's what it's come to. It's come to the place where, like a lot of things, like babies when it comes to abortion, maybe transgendered people when it comes to this issue, they're just pawns that people want to use in the political yeah. ideology of this yeah. country to push an issue. And one, what they do is then they use those people that they say they support, and then they just push right. them to the side, and there's no help for them. So if you believe in transgenderism, then you should be right. out there fighting for uh, health care for them, for social uh, support for them, you know, mental health right. issue supports. Right. You know, right. you should be out there if, if like this guy that Ron Rand Paul said, oh, yeah, I think that these uh, male-to-female athletes should compete against women. Well, if that's where yeah. you're going to leave it at, then you are seriously right. flawed because you should have all the other – uh, programs in place to help them as they go through their life because it's going to be a struggle because the science and the data proves that there's going to be a problematic life for these people. And then two... Well, there, there, well no doubt. Science. Yeah, and, and, and that's what people forget. These are people that God created. That's right. And he created them, and we need to be there for them just like we'd be there for anybody else. But unfortunately, we're that's not. Right. Unfortunately, right. society isn't. And then what happens is they end up, you know going down a path, a lifestyle, a road that isn't easy. And it becomes something that is now a negative on them. And yeah. there's just, you know, yeah. and it's, it's just compounds the issue. And unfortunately, the...
the data proves that, you know, and hopefully it's changing for these people. But again, when you take a look, look at it through the worldly perspective, it's not going to be very, it's not going to be a happy, happy ever after uh, lifestyle for these no. people. Um, no, no, it, it, it certainly, it certainly won't be. It never is, Son. There's not one case where, where it, that, that it becomes a, a happy ending uh, unless that person finds help from God. And, you know, I'm just waiting, Son, for, for maybe somebody to, to make a statement, you know, I was I was born a a biological boy, but I'm choosing to live as a woman. Or I was born a biological girl, but I'm choosing to live as a man. I mean, if they, if somebody was that brutally honest about it, what would society say? Because the rest of us supposedly can't make that statement. The rest of us supposedly are not allowed to say that. Well, this person was born as a boy, and 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 so you know we we don't believe that anything has changed. You know their 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 DNA, their their gender, their uh, you know, their chromosomes, we're not supposedly allowed to say that, but, but what if a person, you know, who, who's gone through that psychological train wreck, you know, and, and says, well, you know, I was born this, but I'm choosing to live this way. Um, I mean, cause that, that's really what's going on. Uh, but you know, son, we're all broken and, and this is definitely an example of brokenness. You know, anorexia is, is an example of man's brokenness. Uh, transgenderism is an example of man's brokenness. And, and, um, so, it's a very deep, deep issue, um, and it's an issue many times that um, ha- has roots in, in in the way a person was raised, uh, what they were uh, raised to believe or not believe, or things they were told. Um, but other times, you know, I suppose, you know, you've got people who just begin to dabble with it, you know, maybe a little bit later age. And again, I'm not trying to quote-unquote pin it on the parents, um, but what I'm saying is, um, it's, it's more than ever today, youth need the truth about who they are, about their identity. Um, I mean, we, we know this is the case son, when it comes to the soul and man needing to know the truth about his spiritual identity as being separated from God by sin until um, an individual repents and believes the good news and then makes the transition. You know, they, they transition into that new creation. They transition into a redeemed individual. They transition into a believer. And that's the ultimate transition thought from unbeliever to believer. And then that's when you begin to gain sanctified reason, you know, once you become a believer because the Holy Spirit's living within you. So so we're dealing, you know, if you think about the body, soul, spirit poster, um, you know, the three concentric circles, and so the outer layer is the body, then the soul, which is the mind, the emotions, your immortal soul, and then the spirit, where we, which comes alive when you're born again. Um, so your soul and then spirit transition when you become a believer from unbeliever. And, but, but what we're, what we're talking about in this uh, episode today is primarily why are people at that outer level, the body level, why are they choosing to transition? Um, and, and what, what we're saying, so we've said this in a hundred different ways is, is that ultimately you, you don't, you don't accomplish it. You, 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 you end up playing pretend. You end up believing something that isn't true, um, you know, be, because your mind has made the transition, you know, you're hoping you're, you know, you, you're, you're forcing it on your body, but, but you can't force it into your DNA. You can't force it into your chromosomes. You can't force it um, into um, the gender that God made you in those 6,500 genetic differences that the Institute of Science there in Israel discovered between men and women. You can't change those. You can't alter those. Um, you can give hormone suppressing drugs. You can do this stuff. You can, you can make a person feel more feminine or more masculine, I suppose, by, by doing some of these things, but you can't change the gender. I mean, Bruce Jenner is still a man. I mean, you know, no society in, in many parts doesn't want to hear that. Um, in, in fact, well, we're being told you can't say that. Um, well, um, we, so we can't speak science. Um, you know, that's being insensitive. Well, how's that being insensitive to tell the little boys and little girls who, who are going to look at Bruce Jenner and, and look at when he was an Olympic athlete, athlete and, and, and champion and, and now look at him today. How is that uh, being insensitive when we're warning them that they're now growing up in a culture that will not only be fine if they choose to go that route that Bruce Jenner has gone, but, but that there'll be people there to help you. They'll support you. They'll, they'll help to pay for your transition. You know, this is not the kingdom of, of Jesus where that's going on, son. You know, 
Um, Satan is alive and well, and ultimately, you know, he is the one who is after the souls and the bodies of, of men and women. And so he wants to get people into that prison of transgenderism, just like he's already got so many in the prison of unbelief. That's the ultimate prison that Satan uh, has, has created for people, son, uh, and, and works uh, upon people through this prison of unbelief. You've got to be set free through repentance and faith. You've got to get out of that prison by believing the good news. Uh, but if Satan can't get you in that prison, um, well, I, I suppose if he has you in that prison, then maybe um, the, the, the next thing he'll try to do is, well, I've already got their soul. Might as well imprison their mind and their body even further away from God. Let, let's imprison, imprison their mind and their body in this um, lie of, of transgenderism, that, that somehow it's possible, that, that somehow you can turn into magically uh, the opposite gender. It doesn't happen. Um, all you do is, is, is you, you put yourself in that category as they found in the 30-year study in Sweden, where now you're going to be 20 times more likely to commit suicide. And, and you know, we don't want that for you. We don't want that for people who are experiencing those uh, feelings. We don't want you to become suicidal. But you will most likely become suicidal if you go down the road of transgenderism. And if you don't become suicidal, um, you know, it, it'll bring, and this is what Son mentioned earlier, it'll bring so many other problems in your life that you don't need. You don't need. You say, well, it's so hard to live as my, my natural, natural born gender. Well, it's a lot harder to, to, to not. You know, it's kind of like the person, it, it's hard not to give in to sexual temptation. Well, it's going to be a lot harder, um, you know, if, if you do. You know, uh, I forget who said this, but they basically said, you know, the, the, the strain or, or the pressure it takes to resist the urge to give in to that temptation is nothing compared to the strain of the consequences that come with giving in. So, you know, life is hard. You know, life is hard all the way around. And I don't understand why one or 2% of people suffer with um, same-sex attraction. And I don't understand why some people suffer with, uh, you know, this desire to transition to the other gender. But all we can do is, is admit the fact that we're all sinners. We're all equal before God in that sense. We all need the Lord. We all need forgiveness. But we also need the truth. We need to get it to the children. And for anyone whose mind has been robbed of the truth, and now they're anorexic, um, they need intensive counseling. Anyone whose mind has been robbed of the truth, and, and now they believe that homosexuality is their God-given place in this world. They need intensive counseling. Um, you know, I, I didn't say they need to have demons driven out of them, you know. Um, I'm saying they need intensive counseling. And more than that, they need scripture. They need scripture. Um, they need the truth filling their mind. And it'll be, it'll be a process. Many people have transitioned back to heterosexuality, son. Many people have. I mean, look at all the testimonies online. Look at how happy people are who've transitioned out of homosexuality, you know? And, and um, so this is what we're talking about. How do we help people where they're at? We're all sinners, okay? None of us are pointing the finger and saying, well, you know, that's a bigger sinner. No, we're all sinful. But there is truth. There is right and wrong. And we mess up our lives when we go against, um, you know, God's plan for our life. That's the bottom line. You know, Dan, one of the things, too, I'd just like to emphasize is that for for people, it is entirely possible for us as Christians with Christian love to support people whose lifestyle, philosophies, beliefs, whatever, you know, we disagree with that we don't even accept, you know, right. it's still okay for us to support that, but it's also, yeah. I think our duty to speak out against it and to try to show them the light because that's what God calls us to do. You know, the great commission is for anybody. So whatever it is, if we're talking about transgenderism, ins take that out and insert anything that is anti-Bible and put it in there. And we are called to, you know, reach out to these people because that's what we're called to do is the great commission is to bring others to Christ. But the other thing too, I find really scary when it comes to this particular yeah. topic yeah. is that yeah. if you are supporting transgenderism, and again, you're a Christian more specifically, then what you're right. saying is that God got it wrong, that he got it wrong and that his creation is flawed. And then right. that crumbles the entire scripture. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's right, son. And, and again, it, it goes back to what, what are we going to believe in our mind? You know, what worldview am I going to have? What ideas am I going to embrace? And um, if, I, if I embrace the idea 
that I can be satisfied. Um, my whole being can be, can, can reach ultimate satisfaction, let's say sexually outside of sex between a man and a woman in marriage. Well, then I believe the lie and there will never be ultimate satisfaction there. Not, not, not sexual, not spiritual, not physical, not ultimate. No, that can only be found in marriage. Um, and, and, and so it, it goes back to, and like you said, son, we have to accept everyone where they're at, just like Jesus did the woman caught in adultery. We have to accept them as human beings loved by God, created by God, um, whatever their desires, whatever their lifestyle, whatever their experiences have been, without any judgment or condemnation, because that's not our place. We have to accept one another that way. Um, but then if God gives us an opportunity, either in a case like what you and I are doing now and in, uh, in a podcast, or if God gives us an opportunity one-on-one -on -one with an individual, um, then it's up to us to attempt to show the love of Christ and how the Lord can bring his redemption to that individual. Um, but, but granted, I mean, it would be very difficult. So, I mean, look at how difficult it is for, for Christians who have relatives who are caught up in this sin or that sin. I mean, whatever the sin is, how difficult it is to reach their loved one. Um, so... You know, it's not easy. You know, you know, many people who get entangled in sin, um, they never get out of it. They never get out of it, son. You know, they, they never uh, choose to turn away from it. And um, and we all would go there if it wasn't for the grace of God. So we, we just try to do the best we can with God's help, reaching, you know, I think it was Martin Luther who said, you know, be satisfied to save some, because we're not going to save everybody. Um, man, you know, Jesus said, you know, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And the thing that's startling about that son is that Jesus didn't say, well, it was just kind of that way back in Noah's day, you know, when I, when I, you know, uh, sent the great flood, or it was just kind of that way, you know, today when here, when I'm on earth. Or, or it's just going to kind of be that way in the future. No, he just stated it as a fact, as though it's, it's like a fact of all time since the fall of man in the garden that there's a broad road that many are on and a, and a uh, narrow road that a few are on. And as hard as that is for us to, to hear and accept, um, our Lord said it, and so that makes it true. And, and so one thing that says to us, Son, is um, we're going to have to be satisfied to save some because there will be many who will go on the broad road, never to return, never to be saved, only to wake up the moment their body dies and find themselves in hell. Because Jesus warned those are the only two destinations in eternity, heaven and hell. So uh, what I'm saying is we, we, we make every effort we can to do what it says in Jude verse 23, snatch others from the fire and save them. We do everything we can to seek to, to see souls won for Christ. At the end of the day, many, 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 are going to be lost, only a few found. Um, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the way it is. That's, that's, those are the facts. And, and, and yet, uh, if anything, Son, that should spur us on uh, to work even harder, realizing that the harvest is plentiful, you know, but the workers are few. And, and many are lost today. Many need to know Christ. And um, because everyone, everyone, Son, is going to stand before their, their, their creator one day. Everyone's going to stand before Jesus. And it's only those who are covered in his righteousness, only, only whose sins have been washed by the blood of the Lamb through faith in Jesus. That's the only way any of us can stand before God and not be sent away to everlasting punishment in hell. Um, it's only through his death. So, so that is ultimately, that's the power right there. You know, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to the salvation of everyone who believes. And I'll tell you, son, as powerful as it might be for, let's say, a person to transition, you know, out of, um, you know, uh, let's say, homosexuality and heterosexuality or out of being a racist to being a loving person or, or out of being somebody who gossips to being someone who, who really doesn't ever gossip. Again, you know, as difficult, as amazing as those things would be, there's nothing more amazing as crossing over from death to life, being born again, justified, saved, redeemed and forgiven through faith in Jesus, having heaven as your home now forever. I mean, you know, what, what's better than that? So, so that's what we're about. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate the privilege, Son, to be able to, you know, uh, just partner with you here on your podcast, Sanctified Reason, because we know Jesus is the answer uh, that the world needs today, you know, more than ever. 
Dan, as always, we thank you so much for your comments and for being a part of the conversation and taking on, you know, issues that, uh, People have a hard time talking about because the political pressure, the peer pressure of society, you know, to, to kind of speak out against something or speak on a topic without just uh, accepting and bowing down to the pressures of, you know, the the, I guess, you know, liberal or worldview, I guess we can call it, uh, you know, the pressures of accepting a worldview that go counter to what we believe as a biblical perspective of the world. And so we just appreciate your time and, and your comments as always, and we look forward to uh more conversations uh, down the road. Well, I tell you, truly my pleasure, Son, and thank you for this privilege to, to visit with you about all these important things. I just thank the Lord for your podcast, Sanctified Reason, and, and I sure look forward to uh, our next visit, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have another, another topic that will be just as, uh, just as important to talk about as we, as we point people to Christ. Dan Delzell, he's a pastor at uh, Church in Papillion, Nebraska, also an author of many, many articles, uh, which you can find some of them on a site called the christianpost.com and um dan email if someone wants to reach out to you and and find out a little bit more or sure sure up. it's just dan delzell d-a-n-d-e-l-z-e-l-l at cox.net yeah so no matter where you hear this if you have some questions concerns comments you want to follow up and maybe explore a little bit more or maybe you just want to know more about jesus know more about the bible uh, you can reach out to either one of us, um, but uh, Dan is a, a pastor, so he might be able to be a little bit more equipped if you have serious questions, uh, you know, to help you through that. Um, you can find me at uh, Instagram, Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. You can DM me there. Um, also a link in the bio for all kinds of different options. But um, again, we'd like to thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for engaging in the conversation. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us and let us know what you think. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.